Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back to another episode of Review from the Bullens. This is the weekly catch with myself, the bobble, Paul Draper and producer Matty is on the mic today. Guys, Everton come off the back of a 4-0 hammering at Aston Villa Park on Sunday, especially after losing 1-0 against Fulham. It's the mood's pretty low, isn't it? And Paul, I'll come to you first, mate. The start of the season has not gone as we'd have hoped, has it? No, it's been, it's been quite crap, to be fair. I was looking forward to the to the game to the forty to start again the season, obviously go in the match, but oh my god I, yesterday, for example, well, as we're recording this, it was, the game was yesterday the Sunday was up it was it was like you never sort of experience stuff like that, although we have it was just like second game of the season, you already can see them four away, yeah, you're not creating chances you you start. Your star man, your, your striker is going off after 25, 30 minutes with another injury. Um, one of your only recognised wingers then pulls his hamstring. It was like an, it was an actual car crash of a day, really. And when you think about it, you, you think about what, what, why do we keep doing this? What What is the point? Mm-hmm. But, but then you go to Brighton and you win 5-1, you're like, yeah. That's why we do it all year on, all year on. But yeah, it's good to be back, isn't it? No, not really. It's not good to be back. <laughs> it's not good to be back at all. Not goal scored, five goals conceded, mate. Matt, it's it's tough, isn't it, mate? You know, driving home from yesterday's game against Villa. Oh, it was rough, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the the four was including Ben were all down there. I think it just started bad and ended up worse. I think there was very few positives taken from the game. I think you could look at Dan Juma. And Dobbin, I think they um, when they come on, mm. but they brought a bit of energy to to the game. But I just think uh, I, I normally like trying to be optimistic. I didn't come on the the free podcast last week. I think I was the real one in the room, wasn't I? And I said that we were going to get beat. I think it was three 0 but obviously ended up being four. I just think if you, it comes down to if you start 
with a win against Fulham, you can sort of go to Villa and you can be all right, well, we get the pressure's off a little bit. If you get beat, you, you've got points on the board. Yeah. But now you're going into Wolves at home and they've started, you know, they've, they've lost both the games, but they're playing some nice football. I think the results are probably they make it look worse than what they actually are. They were good at United, weren't they? They were. I think, that, I think that's why Jamie Carragher changed his prediction on the Sky Sports, didn't he, on the, the mm. predicting for the season. So I think that's a tough game. I think the start of the season, you think, you know, you can try and get a few points on the board here, but I think given the performance from, from yesterday, I just think it's it's going to be another tough game on, on Saturday. Mm, yeah, I think it's going to be really, really tough. I think, we, you know, every Premier League game is tough, isn't it? Every team, no matter where they are in the league, they've got players that can hurt you. And, and Wolves shown at Old Trafford. I know they got they got battered at home to Brighton, but they've shown at Old Trafford they've got they've got players that can hurt hurt teams. And another day, they'd have probably come out with something at Old Trafford. I thought Man United were, were very, very lucky last week to, to beat Wolves. Draper, just sticking with the, the Aston Villa game, obviously Everton get absolutely hammered by by Villa 4-0, but we'll just touch on a few key talking points from the, the game at Villa Park. And the, the first one in reality was the, that one of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who got, you know, he put, in his, put his head where it hurt in reality, didn't he? And he, he collided with Emiliano Martinez heavily, a big goalkeeper him, put his head where it hurts. Turns out that he's actually broke a, che- you know, broke a cheekbone. But when Dominic Calvert-Lewin went off, Paul, he, you know, he tried to carry on for 10-15, but when he ultimately did get off, he, he stuck his thumb at the away fans and there was a number of boos coming from that away end. Did you agree with that? I don't agree with booing him. I was seriously frustrated that, <laughs> that he went off. I think I, I just sat down and thought, oh my God, not this again, especially when he went down. And I remember you saying to me, have you seen his eye? And I said, no, I, I haven't actually. Because I think Ben had showed you the picture or uh, one of the lads that was sat by us, but... I, I didn't get to see it, and I was just very, very frustrated. But when you get back, back on the coach after the game, or well, halfway through the game, as it was, as it was for me yesterday, you just see and you think, yeah, fair enough. He had to go off. Obviously, doctors recommended he wants to carry it on. He tried, but it just wasn't to be. And that's what it is with them kind of injuries. If if he stays on, it probably gets worse. And if if if. If he obviously didn't have to go through all the concussion protocol, which I'm sure we'll touch on now in a minute, he'd probably be sound to play on on Saturday at home to Wolves if he had that them masks that they put on on him on players' faces that only have to be moulded to the faces. You you touch with Ben that it was sort yeah, of yeah, they're like special cast. orders, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's had something similar in the past as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. One, I think he scored a few goals yeah, with them. Did, who, yeah. who knows? Mask DCL, mm. Batman or stuff like. Yeah, yeah. He's back. But yeah, it was so sad to see him off. He's just a very unlucky at the moment, and obviously he's wish him all the best and the speedy recovery. The thing is, he's done what you want your centre forward to do. He's put himself in that in that position to to contest for the ball, which I think there's been times where we've criticised. You know, people that have played up front for us where they try and find themselves at the edge of the box to try and get that tap in. But he was committed. Obviously, it's not. It's not the outcome that we wanted. The situation. I think it was just the way he went down, which is what brought the 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 booze and you know the noise from the away end. I think from where I was sitting when he went down, I could see he had his, the ice bag on his face. So I think I was I was just thinking, oh, do you know what? He'd be fine in a, in a week or two. But obviously, ninety nine percent of of the away end hadn't seen that. He just thought the way he's gone down, it was just another another muscular injury. But hopefully, you know, we'll wait to see the outcome of the the concussion in uh, protocols mm. and hopefully it's not going to be too long. No, hopefully, you know, he can get a mask on and, and come back really, really quick. You know, 
just we're going to stick with this Aston Villa game because you know it's still it's still it's still raw, isn't still it? stings, doesn't it? Let's be honest, the, the manner of the defeat. Do you, do you pair? You know, Sean Dyche is getting heavily criticised at the moment for his continuing persistence of starting Michael Keane. And, and and Paul, I know you're a big big fan of Sean Dyche. Come on, Dyche. But but him starting. Michael Keane week on week out and I know we're only two games in but his persistence with Keane it happened at the back end of last season do you think this is a stick that you know fans can rightfully beat Sean Dyche with oh yeah I'm the first one that, that, that's been doing that although I did say last week I think Michael Keane didn't do anything wrong against Fulham to to get dropped now he certainly has um, he was he was atrocious and I think that's probably my biggest criticism of Sean Dyche since he's been here the fact that as soon as he's had a chance, he's sort of gone with Michael Keane and thought, go on, yeah, you're in the team now. And we saw last year, last year, if it weren't for Yermina coming in, I think it was Brighton. We, we'd have been doing the, these podcasts on a Friday after playing against Coventry and that, mm. and West Brom. But yeah, I think that's the thing that Sean Dyche will get criticised on. And I've got a feeling Michael Keane will come out the team on Saturday. It just brings too much negative energy around you. The crowd is negatively affected. I think the players are. He just doesn't breathe you any confidence. And you need your defenders to be commanding, to give you security, to give you confidence. Same as you do with your goalie. Um, which, obviously, we we have got that right now. But if your centre-half doesn't give you confidence in front of your midfield, then they sort of play with that in the back of the mind. And don't get me wrong, the centre-halves were exposed by the midfielders a lot. A lot. I think the midfield had an awful, awful, awful show, and especially Garnagay. I'm really, really worried that his legs are starting to go. And I touched with that, uh, touched on that with Ben on the um, on the match on the match review over on the Patreon. But but yeah, he'll have to take Michael Keane out the equation, or it w- it could potentially end up costing him his, his job because we've seen the evidence points with Michael Keane in the side and points with Michael Keane out the side. It's a completely different. Different team. I think over the course of 38 games, the point tally with Michael Keane playing 38 games, it came to like 25 points and obviously bottom three. And without Michael Keane, it came up to like 61 points and in the top half. Mm. So that, that unfortunately, that is the difference with Michael Keane. Top half or bottom three. Do you have sympathy for Deutsch though, Matt? That you know the only other option is Jared Branthwaite. I'm not being disrespectful. Obviously, Mason Holgate's been deemed surplus to requirements. Ben Godfrey he isn't a huge fan of. And then Jared Brunthwaite is maybe still raw, maybe still probably showing Sean Dodge what he can do, but fans are now calling for Brunthwaite to start games. Where, where, you know, What's your opinion on it? it, it it's, it's a tough one, because I think, as we all know, Sean Dice, he, he has got his favourites, and I think the lack of options is sort of why he wants to persist with Michael Keane a little bit. Um, and as we say, we're still unknown about what, um, what Jared Brunthwaite's going to bring to the team, whether he's going to be you know, up to up to speed with, with the Premier League. But I think for me, I, I like Dice. I'm not as big a fan as him as, as Draper over here. But I think that the one time that got to me with him is, is it, it's a stubbornness. I think Leicester last season was the time for me where I thought, oh, this could end up. I'm not saying right now or in the future, but it could cost us because a manager, you, you can't manage a team with favourites in mind. You've got to put the team first, you've got to put what's best for the club and everything. So I just think there's just time to swallow your pride and, and bite the bullet. And I think it's plainly obvious for the time being, you know, we need to see what Brantwaite's like in the Premier League. 
okay, maybe a, a weight of villain, maybe some to start with someone like Michael Keane who's got a little bit more experience. But I think in the long run we need to start turning to Jared Brantway because I think for the time being it's it's not going to get much worse for them in the team. I think the only thing that could happen is it, it gets better. No, I agree. I agree. I think Branthwaite will be looking in the mirror thinking, what have I got to do to, to get maybe a chance? And maybe that chance is just around the corner. But do you guys think that or, or agree with the consensus that Everton need to at least go get another centre-half before the window closes? Yeah, probably needs to get a centre-half on loan. Depends who the centre-half is, though, because I'm not... And I'm obviously listening to, again, refer to the patron and the... the, the the media roundup you did with Ben earlier in the week. <sighs> the names that were that got thrown about didn't fill me with any confidence. Davinson Sanchez, Eric Dyer, uh, who was the other one? Try, I know Harry Maguire was mentioned, and I really, really would be for Harry Maguire. Rob Holding was the other one oh, from Arsenal. Yeah, that, yeah, he's available as well. That's how bad it was. You think he's in touch with Besiktas, actually. Mm. But yeah, I, them level of players, apart from Harry Maguire, aside, obviously, I think he'd be a fantastic addition Although he hasn't agreed for the settlement with Man United to then go to West Ham, I don't feel I don't think he'd move he'd agree and move to Everton either. Them options don't fill me with any confidence. I'm not gonna lie. Um, That's what I think. Is I think if Mike, if Harry Maguire can't agree to go to West Ham, he's not gonna come to Everton. Is he? Yeah. The, but them other options don't. He's gonna have to play, isn't he? Him and Dyer are gonna have to play if they want to feature for England, which they both like to do. Them two are going to have to start playing football to be featuring for England. The thing so with Maguire is he can not play for Man United and play for England. We've seen that before. We've seen that in the World true. Cup. So I think he, he's happy collecting his big wage at Man United, which you can't blame him. They gave him that contract. They gave him the armband, and he's happy to do that. That That's fine if he wants to fight for his place. However, the likes of Eric Dyer, Tanganga, uh, Rob Holding, Davinson Sanchez, they don't fill me with, with any confidence whatsoever for me. We should have tried to get maybe Sally Sue off, off Southampton. I think he's quite good. I know he's gone Monaco now. I think he's really good. Tosin of Fulham, he's, he's wanting to leave. There's centre-halves out there that you can go and get the you know, top six rejects because we, we know when that happens, they, they don't perform here. So I don't know why we keep looking at players like that personally. Mm, that's a fair comment, mate. It's an absolute fair comment. I, I personally think if... If Maguire and Dyer want to be considered, they can't go a whole season without playing football. And Maguire probably will go a whole season without playing football if he doesn't get out of Man United. Ten Hag's pretty much set his stall out with that one. And Eric Dyer's clearly, clearly not fancied at all at Tottenham right now. And if he wants to continue keeping his place in the England squad, then he's going to need to go out and play football. And obviously, after the window starts to, to run down, players get desperate, clubs get desperate, clubs start to maybe look at options to, to move them on. Moving away from the defenders, we'll go on to... The striking options. Dominic Calvert-Lewin goes off against Aston Villa. Dan Juma con comes on up front. Then Neil Mope comes on later on in the game and, and takes that striker place berth. It's a sad state of affairs, mate, and it, Matty, that, you know, we're starting the season and the minute Dom's not there, it's there's nothing. All falls to pieces, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I just think the position that Everton are in, I spoke to Ben after the game yesterday, we're not in a position to, to try and haggle over players. I think the way we are now... Um, we just need to go and get someone. Doesn't matter. I'm not saying don't matter how much because I know we're restricted financially, but we're not in a position to now. Oh, you we want to buy him, but yeah, we don't want to be evaluation. We'll go five million below, six, seven, however, however much below. I just think we 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 need to go out and we just need to get someone. I think because as we've as we've seen, as soon as Dominic Carvalho comes away from the team, 
what are we left with? We're left with nothing. It's the defence, the midfield, and there's there's nothing going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they need to just go to Southampton. and They should have done this at the start of last week or start of the summer, really. Challenge has been a man that they've looked at for a number of months. They were very keen on him last summer, obviously, under Frank Lampard. Kevin Farewell and, and Dan Pierre, they have scouted him massively. They really, really like him. He's not like it's a panic buy, whereas you could have said more pay last season was a panic buy. They've looked at Che Adams for a long period of the time. Southampton have always wanted £15 million for him. So the fact that you're putting an offer in of £12 million with two weeks, two and a half weeks to go with the transfer window, it's it's laughable. If you're Southampton, you're saying, come on. Are you having a, are you having a laugh here? Because you know how much we want. We know how desperate you are. You're going to pay what we want. And it, it is, I'm sure we'll touch on him later. It is the same with Nanto, and to a different kind of extent. If they really wanted to them, they should have gone first few weeks of pre-season, gone here. 15 million will. We'll try and put it over a number of years, installments, clauses, add-ons, etc. But you'll get 15 million. And Chalhams would have been in by now. He'd have scored against Fulham. We we came away with three points. I I really think, because not only because it's finishing, I think it's better than more. And statistically, it is. When you look at his xG, his his x his x his x assist, all all the sorts of stats and data behind behind it. His style of play is very similar to Carver Lewin's, and it suits our team more than Neil Morpay's. And that's why I think if either been in for the for the opening of the season with with it just being a better side. And we probably walked away there with, with three points. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if Adams had played against Fulham, I think Everton probably would have won the game. We certainly would have took the lead first. And in-game scoring first is, is always massive. Um, but yeah, it, it just goes to show if you start a season unprepared, guys, then this is where you find yourself scratching around, struggling, getting desperate. It's no There's, shock, is it? We knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. Yeah, the minute you don't start a season prepared, you lose games. The, the Premier League's unforgivable. You know, unforgiving, should I say. And we've spoke about this on this podcast for... The last couple of years, if you start the season slow, you end up playing catch-up. So, so yeah, and that's what we're currently doing. Now we're playing catch-up. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you like what you're hearing, give us a go on our Patreon channel. Honestly, this is not a sales tactic at all. But honestly, for just £2 a month... That's our lowest tier, of course, but come and give us a go over on our Patreon channel. We have so much stuff happening on our Patreon from things like interviews, post-match podcasts, pre-match podcasts, 
articles, the infamous media roundup show, special guests. We have so much pretty much every single day to your Everton's heart content. If you can stomach it right now, I know it's tough, but honestly, give us a go. If you don't like it or if you've got some feedback for us, honestly, we're always, always, uh, well, our ears are always open to hear from feedback from viewers and listeners, but honestly, give us a go over on our Patreon channel. Moving on, guys. The start of another week. Everton play Wolves this weekend. It's absolutely massive. It feels like a six-pointer so early on in, you know, Matt, you know, our third game of the season. And it has a six-pointer feel to it, doesn't it? You're, you're laughing, but it really does, doesn't it? I hate Everton football, club, you know. <laughs> As I say, it's just the fact that it's so early. You don't want to be in the position of facing three defeats. You know, I, it's just so frustrating to talk about. I'm getting wound up thinking about it now. And it just to me, it just goes back to that Fulham game. You can start with a win. You can look at other games and not say in every game. But as I said before, you look at Villa and think, okay, well, we can not afford to go and get beat, but it won't be the end of the world. And then you can go into the Wolves game open, you know, try and make it four or six points. And I'm just, I'm not looking forward to it at all. I think you'd like to think the crowd would be out of the place. You'd like to think the players, you know, after the opening two games, are going to be up for it. But I, I think, I, I can't call how it's going to go. I'm, I'm just not looking forward to it at all. What about you, Paul? Wolves at home. How, how big of a game do you think this one is for Everton? It's too early in the season for me to call it a, a six-pointer, although it is massive because if you if you get beat again and you lose to one of the relegation rivals on paper, obviously I'm not saying they'll be down there, although I do think they, they could drop, but I'm not saying right now that they definitely will be down there. If you get beat there, then you know what people are like, you know what social media is like, what the papers are like, the media... It gets into sort of panic stations and you don't really want that so early in the season and people start having doubts and they start thinking, is this is, is Dice the right man for the job? Are these players up for it? Is the recruitment team up to scratch? The chairman that we obviously know, he's, he's not up for it or the owner, but that's a completely different matter. So yeah, you really just need to go out and win. Wolves are not in special, let's be honest. Mm. Wolves are there for the take and they were absolutely crap the weekend against Brighton they were awful yeah they? They, they had a good performance against Man United Man United were absolutely awful that day and I, I think a lot of that was also on on the sort of O'Neill sort of effect first game turn and press the new gaffer after everything that had gone out, uh, on with Lopetegui but yeah they haven't got Mateus Nunes who I think is one of their best players he brings he carries the ball he takes the team up the pitch so that'll be a big miss for them. Obviously, it seems like Dominic Carver-Lewin won't make the game just in time because of the FA protocol with concussion and head injuries and stuff like that. But regardless of that, hopefully, Che Adams or whoever they feel needs to be the striker is in by then. And they can grab the game by the scruff of the neck and just take it to Wolves and, and just beat them, man. <laughs> it's massive. I think I think it's really huge. I think psychologically, it's huge. And I think if Everton don't beat Wolves, I think alarm bells will be ringing at Goodison Park and Finch Farm about here we go again. I think it's a really, really big game. I think from Everton now play Wolves at home, Doncaster in the league in the League Cup, sorry, or the Carabao Cup, and then Sheffield United away. I think Everton need four points and obviously then to beat Doncaster as well. That's what I think we've got to go undefeated now in these three games. Beat Wolves beat Doncaster and draw at Sheffield United. I think four points, Matty. 
He'd like to think so, wouldn't you? I think minimum four, yeah. I just think the way Saturday is going to go from everyone on the outside looking in, it's the two teams that are leaking goals and they can't score goals. So you don't want to be that team that doesn't come out on top mm. for that game. I think the way our defence is, I'd like for them to obviously not concede because Wolves don't like scoring goals, same as us. And I just, they, they need to pick up points somewhere. And as you say, you'd like to think that we could go undefeated for the next three games and, you know, get in the next round of the cup, you know, give us something for the fans to <laughs> look forward for. I know we're um, coaching at Strozzi, it's time paint positives out the season. But you don't want to be going out to the cup, you know, first round to lesser opposition. Well, first round for us anyway, to lesser opposition. Um, you like a little cup run, I think it's gone on long enough, you know, without the trophy. And again, I'm not sitting here saying... We're going to go and win a trophy or anything like that, but I just think confidence and a good run of games needs to come from somewhere. And I think the way the league is now, you look at Wolves, and it's not a bad place to, to try and start, is it? No, it's not. They're there for the taking, like like Draper said. They've started the season with, with two defeats. Their lack of goals is evident as well. You know, they don't score goals. You know, a couple of people down at Wolves will speak to, they're worried for their season, a bit like us, just a lack of goals. You know, they've obviously let a lot of players go this summer. But they're in a very similar position, aren't they? They are in terms of their worries, yeah, absolutely. And their squad depth is is pretty weak as well. You know, they're leaking goals again against Brighton. They got ripped apart, just like Everton did at Villa. So our seasons are quite quite similar. The only thing is, obviously, we've had Fulham and Villa and they've had Manchester United and and Brighton. (laughs) They've had a tougher games, but... Yeah, in terms of where we both where both clubs are, it, it's it's pretty similar. Draper, same to you, mate. Really, I think a minimum of four points from Wolves and Sheffield United. And I know people might think, well, I want six. Given the start of the season, and I know you're nodding, you want six. But given the start of the season, I think it's got to be a minimum of four, mate. Got to be six, mate. Sorry, yeah. They're two bad sides. Let's put it right. They are two bad bad sides. Don't get me wrong, they might come and turn us over because we're also at the moment a bad side. But, <laughs> but on paper, really, you've got to look and beat them two teams. If you can't beat Sheffield United again in turmoil, they've just come up, they've lost NDI, they've lost Sanderberg. I know they've signed Gus Hamer, who you and me, we really, what really a player, like by the way. What a player. player. But apart from that, really, they've got nothing else. If you can't go to Sheffield United and beat them, you deserve to go down on the spot. If we can't beat Sheffield United, you, you may as well call the curtains. <laughs> and if you can't beat Wolves at home with, and they're current predicament, also you may as well call the curtains. So for me, it's got to be six points of them two games. It's got to but, be. But that's it. I think the next two games, it is, as I say, we know it's early on, but it's, it's sort of season defying because everyone will look at Everton like they're doing anyway and thinking, well, they couldn't beat Fulham. They couldn't beat. Wolves, they couldn't beat Sheffield United if we don't so get where's these the wind coming points. from? Exactly. That's it. Everyone will be looking at us. Arsenal at home like every year. <laughs> You're right, so. though. It, it's a psychological thing, isn't it? And like I said, psychologically, I think Wolves is must win. I really, really do. And I know people go it's early on in the season, but I just think from a psychological point of view... It's going to set the standard, I think. That, uh, I think it's massive. We've, you've got to stop the rut straight away. In the Premier League, you can't go three or four games without picking up points because all of a sudden then teams can be nine points clear of you. You, you've, you, you can't allow teams to take that much of a lead against you because that could take you, over the course of the season, that could take you 12 games to catch up and, and you know get on an even keel. I think it's massive. I think the Wolves game is absolutely massive. I really, really do. And, you know, like you've both rightly said, Wolves are there for the taking. Let's have it right. They've started off sluggishly. New manager, still getting his feet into the table in Gary O'Neill. Lost a host of players. The lack of goals. Despondent fan base. Got no money. They can't really sign any players. 
and they're coming into Goodison Park off an absolute drilling at home to Brighton, who are a good team, let's have it right. But they're coming to Goodison on an absolute drilling. And you know what's going to happen? Full-time score, Everton nil, Wolverhampton Wanderers <laughs> 1, Craig Dawson 90 plus uh. 9. That's what will happen. We all know it. We've all <laughs> laughed at the same time because we all know that's what will happen. Typical Everton, isn't it? What do we like, Oh, and on that note, that is the end of the weekly catch-up. Well, this is the early weekly catch-up. There'll be a later one later in the week. In the meantime, take care and all the way and keep your chins up, Blues. Better times are ahead. Just keep believing that because we all do. In the meantime, take care and all the very best. Thank you. <laughs>